Imagine getting in a hot, stuffy car in the summer. You know how it cools off much faster when you roll down the windows first to get the hot air out? Well, that's exactly how an Easy Breathe basement ventilation system works. Removing all the musty, damp, stagnant air and replacing it with fresher, cleaner, drier air. Take charge of your air with Easy Breathe ventilation and get $250 off today. Ask about DIY kits. Visit TakeChargeOfYourAir.com or call 866-822-7328. When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? It's estimated over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. To save, visit HealthLock.com today. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Good morning, peeps, and welcome to Book AF Daily with me, your girl, Danielle Moody, recording from the home bunker. Folks, you know, dare I say, as we begin this new week, that I have a bit of, what is that word? Optimism. I have a bit of optimism that I want us all to really marinate in, root in, because, you know, folks, unlike what Republicans believe, which is that fear and hate rule the day, it isn't, right? It is really about hopefulness. Hopefulness is what allows people to think and innovate off of what they believe the future can look like, right? It is this grain of feeling that things can actually get better. Because you see what happens is that when you start to believe that what is in front of you can't change, that it is immovable, that this is just your life. It doesn't matter if you work harder. It doesn't matter if you follow the rules. It doesn't matter if you do the right thing, that things are just not going to get any better. That is when hopelessness seeps in, depression takes over, anxiety rules the day. And if you are so enthralled with that level of misery, right, then you no longer have the will to fight because what are you fighting for? Nothing's ever going to quote unquote change. That's what Republicans are hoping for. They are hoping to throw every single thing at the courts, every single piece of disgusting, horrific, anti-woman, anti-black, anti-gay, anti-trans legislation at the state, local, and federal level. They are trying to do everything because they know that when Americans, when people start to really nurture that grain of hope, right? And it starts to take root in us and we start to see a way through some possibility, some light tunneling out of that darkness, they start to run scared, right? 
So what are we seeing right now? What are these glimmers of hope that I kind of want to center us around as we enter into this new week? And it is going off of how we ended last week. Blockbuster jobs report comes out from the Biden administration, adding over half a million jobs. As all of this talk about recession, us going into recession, are we in a recession? Over 500,000 jobs have been added. The more during Biden's first year plus than any other administration. And that is coming in off of consider millions of jobs lost because of COVID-19, because of the pandemic and because of the Trump administration's mishandling of pretty much everything. We are now at a surplus. A question that though was asked, was posed rather by former candidate, uh, uh, Nina Turner out of Ohio though, was, can we get a wage report? And it's true because we are always, economists are always so focused on jobs reports. We don't ever stop to ask that if the jobs that are being supplied are those that are of a living wage, how many jobs do people need to hold down in order to be able to put food on their table, gas in their car, medicine in their medicine chest, and take care of their other basic needs? So that is still a very good question because we know that with inflation, things have become increasingly more expensive. Your grocery bill has become increasingly more expensive, and yet the wages have not gone up to meet right the price hikes. So that's a good question, but it is not to downplay the fact that this administration has been able to add all of the jobs back that were lost. So bravo to the Biden administration. We're going to pass the Inflation Reduction Act, which includes some of the biggest climate fighting initiatives, climate change fighting initiatives that we've ever seen. Now, Kirsten Cinema, who is in bed with and in love with corporate interests, had removed from the bill, which would have added a $14 billion surplus, which was an interest tax on private equity firms. And of course she had that removed because Kirsten Cinema is setting up her next act, right? While she's still supposedly doing the job that she was elected for, not by shareholders, but by the people of Arizona. She had that piece removed. Anytime that we ask ourselves, why is it that billionaires and multimillionaires don't pay their fair share? Well, it's because of the cinemas of the world, right? It is because those people that you elect to actually look after your best interests are only looking after their own self-interest, right? And it isn't like, here's the thing. If you're able to skirt the law, if you're able to keep most of your money, right? And not give back because you're greedy, because you're selfish, because you're a capitalistic pig, then you go do that, right? Because you feel like you don't owe anybody anything. And we always set up the rich to believe that they got to that place all on their own. Bullshit. 
tell me a story about a multi-billionaire and I will tell you a story about people that stepped on other people's backs. There are but a few people who you can actually lift up and say, no, no, they got there through work, sweat, and tears, not by, oh, making money on top of their inheritance, right? Um, I digress. But I have to mention the good, but also state the obvious, because I want us to have the full picture of where we are. The Department of Justice has decided after the 2020 murder of Breonna Taylor to put up charges against the four cops that were responsible for her tragic death when they I I don't even want to use the word botched because that isn't strong enough. A stakeout that would end in being at the wrong fucking home and killing an innocent young woman who had her whole life in front of her. Those cops, some that were fired from the force and some that are still active duty in Louisville, Kentucky, are now facing federal charges of violating Breonna Taylor's civil rights, among other things. That is good news. The Department of Justice has also signaled with their grand jury that they are hauling in some of the top brass lawyers, chiefs of staff from the Trump administration in their investigation into the January 6th insurrection. For... 18, 19 months now, I have been railing against Merrick Garland and the the Department of Justice for their sloth and glacial-like pace. Well, come to find out, they may actually be moving. The alarm clock may have gone off. And what these high-profile subpoenas are showing us is that they're getting to the there there. And there are multiple reports coming out about Trump's defense team getting ready to put together their defense, telling Donald Trump to cut ties and communication with Mark Meadows. What is that special reporting signal that we heard from CNN signal that Glenn Kirshner will get into in just a bit? Mark Meadows may be flipping like a pancake, Right. Mark Meadows may have finally, after listening to the testimony of Cassidy Hutchinson, his former aide before the January 6th committee might realize that, oh, shit. I could be headed to federal prison. And how do I lessen what is coming at me? Maybe it's time to start singing. Another sign of good news on the insurrectionist front? Well, thank God for stupidity. Alex Jones's lawyers accidentally sent two fucking years of his text messages to opposing counsel in his trial with a Sandy Hook family who is charging him with a civil suit for his lies against their dead child. What we know right now is that the January 6th committee has subpoenaed those very text messages 
The Department of Justice wants those text messages. The FBI wants those text messages. And what is being said thus far is that rumor has it child pornography was found on Alex Jones's phone, which is a federal crime. Intimate, I don't know what this means, but intimate exchanges between Alex Jones and Roger Stone are also available in that treasure trove of text messages, which I'm sure in the coming weeks, we are going to see in more detail. And God, get the popcorn ready because I cannot wait. I cannot wait to see what is inside. But coming up next to walk us through where we are with the Alex Jones case and where we are with the January 6th committee and the Department of Justice's investigation is our friend, host of Justice Matters, Glenn Kirshner. The Damage Report with John Idarola is one of the most popular shows on the TYT network that serves as your daily breakdown of the genuine threats and challenges facing our country and world. These days, we're confronted with an overwhelming sea of shocking, confounding, and devastating news stories. The Damage Report is your life raft, helping you navigate the day's news and understand the damage caused by the corrupt establishment, politicians, corporations, and everything in between. Join the Damage Report's notorious fan club, The Dragon Squad, where you become part of a fantastic community of progressives. Create a fun dragon nickname that fits your personality, collaborate, and participate in fun activities like voting for, the garbage person of the week, and much more. Listen to The Damage Report on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Hey, I'm David Plotz of Slice Political Gab Fest. As another election season accelerates, it can be tricky to sort through all the noise in the news. Each week on the Gab Fest, John Dickerson, Emily Bazelon, and I decipher the headlines, break down the races, and tell you what issues really matter. We do not always agree. We definitely do not always agree. But we always deliver thoughtful debate, and we always have a good time. So subscribe to Slate's Political Gap Fest. New episodes every Thursday. Folks, as always, anytime that I have the opportunity to sit down weekly with our friend, host of Justice Matters, Glenn Kirshner, and MSNBC legal analyst, I'm elated because I get to dig into all of the things that I don't know. And I get my own uh, 101 legal class uh, every every week with Glenn. Um, I want to start out, Glenn, with the, with the biggest trial, uh, one of the biggest trials, because God, there's been so many that we've been paying attention to, which is that of Alex Jones. Uh, Alex Jones, host of InfoWars, made it his mission uh, over the course of 10 years to smear. Uh, I don't even, smear is not even a strong enough word, Glenn, to what Alex Jones did to the families of Sandy Hook. The children six-year-olds, kindergartners, first graders, and their teachers that were gunned down in their classrooms, if you can believe it, nearly nearly 10 years ago, Alex Jones made it his mission, folks, to create conspiracy theories, lie, say that the families were actors, the murders never happened. Um, And finally, 
they were able to get Alex Jones into court, suing him in civil court, uh, $150 million for the trauma, the damages. I mean, these families were receiving death threats, right, from his rabid followers. Um, so in th- this case, Glenn, you had been watching because Alex Jones, as we all know, is very uh, connected with the Trump circle, right? One of Donald Trump's biggest supporters, Roger Stone, like they were all just birds of a nasty feather that flocked together. So I want you to lay out what you saw about this case, and then we can go into this series of just reality TV turn of events uh, that happened throughout the trial. Yeah, first of all, anybody who profits off the pain of the Sandy Hook families is, there really is no term to describe how indecent he is. And it's all performance art, mind you. I don't, I have no idea what he actually believes, but I think he actually believes very little of what he says. It's all about the almighty dollar because he plugs into the conspiracy theory du jour. And he says, send me money, send me money, send me money. And I'll say whatever it is you want to hear. Um, so, I mean, the man is lower than whale shit, quite frankly. <laughs> it doesn't this get much lower curse. than that. You never curse on this I show. I can't, but you know what? <laughs> Profiting off the murder of yes. children. Yep. Oh, if I could get him in the boxing ring uh, for a fair fight. So, you know, you saw some really poor lawyer- lawyering, Danielle. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, civil trials... Um, can tend to spin out of control, you know, whereas criminal trials, depending on the judge, are usually much more closely regulated proceedings. You're dealing with somebody's liberty interest, a defendant who's on trial for his or her liberty, or in the rare case of a capital prosecution, their life. Mm -hmm. Uh, But in civil court, you know, it, it often feels like this no holds barred. The rules don't really apply. I will violate the rules over and over again, regardless of how many times the judge yells at me, counsels me, admonishes me. That's what we saw. I mean, Alex Jones is, a, is just, it was a pathetic performance. Of course, the, so let's talk about the damages first. Yeah. Please. Because uh, my understanding, and, and I hope you'll correct me if I'm wrong, I didn't mm-hmm. follow it as closely as I was following all things January 6th, because there's been some really important developments yep. there. Um, they, they awarded, the jury awarded, I believe, $4 million in compensatory damages yesterday, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and the deliberations will continue on punitive damages. Let me just break down what those two things are. Compensatory damages are awarded to, this sounds ridiculous, but to try to estimate the life of the child. What would the child, this this sounds crass. I've never been a civil practitioner. What might that child have earned over his or her lifetime? So such that, you know, the family and the child, of course, has been deprived of making that money. Those are compensatory damages. You're being comp compensated for money that you basically stole by committing this murder, or in Alex Jones' case, by lying about and defaming the victims and their families. 
But then there's punitive damages. Punitive damages are punishment for the horrific lies that Alex Jones told and the untold damage he did to those families by telling those lies. I know the families have sued for $150 million. So my assumption is the next um, verdict or finding of the jury will be the punitive damages part. How badly should he be punished for what he put those families through? $150 million doesn't sound like enough. It could be $150 billion for what he did to these families. But, you know, I think whatever the ultimate um, finding is with respect to money that he owes for his horrific behavior, it will bankrupt him. It will probably, you know, put him in de facto pauper's prison the rest of his life. At least that's what I'm hoping. And then if you want to talk about one of the world's biggest legal bungles ever. My goodness, please. His Alex Jones lawyers, according to what we've seen reported, inadvertently gave the plaintiff's lawyers, the lawyers for the Sandy Hook families, his whole cell phone. How? Two years, two years How worth of- How does that happen? You know, when it comes to electronic discovery and electronic evidence, I am the last one to- pretend like I know all the ins and outs. What I do know is that we used to have our forensic experts, our electronics experts, Mm -hmm. do lots of forensic searches of computers and cell phones. They would generate information that if you printed it out, would fill the Library of Congress for one cell phone. It's insane. They would put it on various disks and thumb drives and floppy disks or whatever back in the day. And then we would have to give over what we would have to give over in discovery to opposing counsel. It's not it's not a simple, straightforward proposition, especially for somebody who is incompetent like me. So I'm not going to say, listen, it's a horrific mistake, you know, but but what I love about it is it puts all the lies to everything Alex Jones has been saying and testifying about, which means he's now open to possible criminal perjury charges. Mm -hmm. But the last two years of his text messages, how close was he with Steve Bannon and Roger Stone and Mike Flynn and Rudy Giuliani? And do you think, Danielle, for a minute, he and Donald Trump weren't communicating somewhere, somehow, because Alex Jones had a big audience. Alex Jones' message was pro-Trump. And I have a feeling this could be a treasure trove for both the J6 committee because they're seeking to get their hands on Alex Jones text messages. And then ultimately for the federal grand jury that has all of a sudden, you know, been prodded into wakefulness and they're going gangbusters, bringing in extraordinarily high profile witnesses to testify before the grand jury like White House counsel Pat Cipollone. So let's let's transition into fr- from Alex Jones. We we will know more about his fate come next week um, when when the punitive damages are are decided. And it was thankful to me for the people that follow me on Twitter because I was outraged by only four million dollars. And then folks were like, "Don't worry, Danielle. Don't worry. It is not just going to be four million." Because I 
I came to find out, like everybody else, Alex Jones was making $800,000 a day selling bullshit on his Infowars, selling survival food and gun paraphernalia. I had no idea that white supremacy and stupidity were so lucrative. I had no idea. Um, so I'm like, oh, he definitely has this money uh, that he can come off of for those families and what he did to them. But I want to transition now to January 6th um, because you and I, for you know, God knows how long now, almost two years since the insurrection, almost two years, um, we've been waiting for the Department of Justice to activate, to activate in the way that the January 6th committee has activated. And like you have said, they have woken from their slumber, right? And and it is as if the alarm clock has gone off there. So walk us through, Glenn, what we have learned over the last week about where the Department of Justice is right now. Um, it, are, is, it, is it in parallel with where the January 6th committee is? Are they still lagging behind? Because the January 6th committee obviously has been working since January 6th, right? So they've been working for the last 18, almost 19 months now. Um, so what does it look, What where, where are we with where the Department of Justice is on January 6th? Well, we're in a much better place now than we were a few months ago. And, and I want to just tweak my snarky comment of a few minutes ago that they've been prodded into wakefulness because that's my frustration talking. Same. Mm-hmm. But but let, let's also be fair to the Department of Justice. I'm speaking to myself now. Um, we learned recently that back in April, the federal grand jury had subpoenaed and received Mark Meadows' cell phone records. We didn't know that that had been going on. And what I can promise you, Danielle, that wasn't the first significant step DOJ took that we knew nothing about. So it, it has been going on for a very long time. And whatever they've been doing behind the scenes, they have now decided tactically that the time is right to start subpoenaing the highest of the high profile witnesses um, because they knew everything would get out precisely as it has been getting out now. For example, when Mark Short, vice president, former vice president Pence's chief of staff was subpoenaed to the grand jury, what did he do? He ran to the Washington Post, Carol Lennig, and I'm glad he did. And he said, let me tell you what the federal prosecutors are asking me in the grand jury. So mm-hmm. that's that's the point where the cat's out of the bag. And what I'm hoping is DOJ has done everything it could do behind the scenes before coming to this moment in time. Doesn't mean they've been doing nothing. OK, even though I'm so frustrated that they seem to be moving too slowly and there's been no overt law enforcement activity to lock people up like people who are tampering with witnesses, because that's the kind of stuff you have to address in real time. You don't don't Uh delay when it comes to witness tampering. See, I'm going off on 11 tangents already. I'm going to try to pull myself back. (laughs) So what we learned that was actually pretty earth shattering this past week is White House counsel Pat Cipollone and the deputy White House counsel, whose name is escaping me, it will come to me, have been subpoenaed to the grand jury. The reason, and I did a couple of videos, and I've been talking on air with Joy and others in recent days about why it is such a, a dramatic difference when a White House counsel testifies to the January 6th committee, which we know he did. We saw right. that. 
we saw it. and mm-hmm. to the federal grand jury because people might be inclined to say, look, testimony's testimony. He's done it once. What's the big deal? Right. The difference between testifying to a congressional committee and testifying to a federal grand jury like night and day, because we saw Pat Cipollone in some videotaped testimony that was part of the J6 public hearings, refuse to answer questions about Donald Trump's crimes, about Donald Trump's conduct, about Donald Trump's statements invoking executive privilege. And there's a, a little bit of a silver lining behind that dark cloud, because remember how there would be a really hot button question that was seeking information about Donald Trump's responsibility for the insurrection. Pat Cipollone would look over at his lawyer and his lawyer would give him like one of these motions mm-hmm. as if to say, you can't talk about that. And Pat Cipollone would go, yeah, I guess that's all I can say. I, you know, I'm, I'm overstating a little, but only a little bit because that was the message that was yeah, being Yeah, because we conveyed. saw it. We saw, we saw the We, we saw watched the video. that back yeah. and forth, right? And here's the thing. The January 6th committee has zero power to test and overcome that assertion of privilege and compel an answer. But the federal grand jury has tons of power to test, overcome, and compel an answer in real time. That's why these two settings are so dramatically different, because the the federal grand jury is going to get all the good stuff that the J6 committee couldn't get. And let me just tell your viewers, 30 seconds of how that happens, because I've litigated privileges in the grand jury a bunch over my 30 years as a prosecutor. So when when a witness is in the grand jury, I refuse to answer that question. Why? Attorney-client privilege, spousal privilege, Fifth Amendment privilege against self-incrimination, executive privilege, doctor-patient privilege, priest parishioner. There's lots of privileges, and they're legitimate privileges in the law. But guess what? A lot of people invoke those privileges because they don't want to testify. They don't want to knock out their friend or their criminal associate. So they just throw that up as, as a roadblock to prosecutors getting the information. You know what we do? We walked over to the chief judge's chambers. In this case, it would would be Chief Judge Beryl Howell of the Federal District Court in D.C., and we litigate the privilege in real time. I mean, literally all this happens within a matter of days. So it's not it's not, for instance, oh, we go back, we come back like it's this elongated. This is truncated. You're able to really do this at the moment and say, well, let's talk about this privilege and then move forward. It ain't Don McGahn running out the clock for two years the way he did, trying to fight having to testify before Congress, because this is a very different setting. There's a need for this criminal evidence right now. And so the system is set up to resolve the issue right now, which a congressional committee can't do. They can try to bring suit and civil suit in court to compel the testimony. And then that takes years and years and years. So here's what Beryl Howell, I would bet a buck of my own money. You know, I'm not a high roller. That's my betting limit. I would bet a buck that Beryl Howell would say, wait a minute. One, the president hasn't invoked the privilege and Donald Trump ain't the president. It's Joe Biden. Right. One, the privilege is waived, Pat Cipollone. Two, crime fraud exception, Pat Cipollone. Donald Trump was talking about crimes. Um, so belt and suspenders, there's two reasons. And, and there's a third, which is escaping me at the moment, but it'll pop into my head. And so I predict she will order him. She'll say the privilege yields, appreciate your attempt to assert it. I'm ordering you 
to testify before the grand jury. And here's the beauty of that. And now I want to go back to what we were talking about a minute ago mm-hmm. when Pat Cipollone would look over at his lawyer and Pat, Pat Cipollone would be like, I guess I can't say anything more. Once Judge Beryl Howell orders him to testify, he has 100% legal cover. He's bulletproof. Nobody can say he violated any privilege because the privilege was litigated and laid the rest by the chief judge and he's protected. So he can go in and say, Donald Trump did this and did this and said this and directed us to try to do this and said this to Mike Pence. And he is effed once all that stuff comes tumbling (laughs) out. And so that's why it's so different. This is not more of the same. All testimony is not created equal. And then the last thing I want to kind of throw into the mix is last night's reporting on CNN where, and it was buried down in the article, but I'm going to do a, a video about it today. Donald Trump has been counseled. Uh, now, they don't say by his defense team, but I think that's probably who was counseling him. Donald Trump has been counseled to cut all ties and have no communication with Mark Meadows. What Ooh. does that tell us? Mark is flipping. Bingo. Bingo. That is the Mark reasonable is inference you can draw from that reporting. Once that domino falls, it's on. It's on. And I love the reporting in Rolling Stone a few days ago that Donald Trump's defense team is coming up with a legal strategy that involves putting it all on fall guys. That's a quote. Eastman. Eastman, Meadows, Meadows. Rudy, you name it. So I think I, I think it's happening. I think it's happening. So here's a question, because th- this this I did not know, um, because, you know, sometimes I like to sleep. So this I did not know about, about Mark Meadows and uh, and, and Trump. Um, Cassidy Hutchinson. Had said that Mark was in his office burning papers, right? Um, the day of the insurrection, right? He's in there burning papers. He was also in there, we know from that wild, I think it was December 13th or December 18th meeting, right? The one that was absolutely crazy. Um, Looking for constitutional ways for Donald Trump to stay in power. So paint us a little picture about Mark Meadows and what kind of trouble Mark Meadows could be facing on his own for this man to go from burning papers and looking for the constitution loopholes to then being like, you know what? I think, I think it's time. I think it's time that I, that I give it up, that I give up the ghost, right? What paint us to what, what could be, could potentially hypothetically be going on. So here's my prediction. Um, and as an aside, when I was at the U.S. Attorney's Office in D.C., one of my nicknames, they weren't all flattering, trust me, was <laughs> King of the Cooperators. That was not a compliment, mind you. You know, that's, that's basically saying, you know, you deal with a lot of criminals in your prosecutions. And when I say King of the Cooperators, I, frankly, I loved working with cooperating witnesses because they were my de facto experts on crime in Washington, D.C., because that was their life. So I would work with them. I would get 100% of the truth out of them about their crimes 
and then about the crimes of others, then I would make them plead guilty to their crimes. I wouldn't make them, but this was the deal they got. You plead guilty to your crimes. Mm-hmm. You work night and day to help me bring others to justice for their crimes. And mm-hmm. then at your sentencing hearing, I'm standing shoulder to shoulder with you, figuratively speaking. And I am telling that judge who is about to sentence you about all the hard work you did to try to make right what you did wrong for all those years. You're still going to prison. Okay. You don't get a, you don't get a free pass for your crimes, but your sentence might not be life. Your sentence might be 10 years in prison. And you know, you're 40 years old, 30 years old, you will still have a life to live on the outside and you will be able to sleep at night knowing that you made a change in your life and tried to do the right thing moving forward. That's Mark Meadows. Mark Meadows, here's my prediction. Mark Meadows goes to prison, but he goes to prison for a shorter period of time as opposed to a longer period of time because he flips on Donald Trump and tries to make right all of the things he did wrong for so many years, like voter fraud in North Carolina. That will be rolled into the mix. And all of the enabling that he did with and for Donald Trump to try to corruptly overturn the election's results. For God's sakes, he was treason central, taking all these phone calls and text messages from Everybody, members, including of, members of Congress, Ginny Thomas. And, and I love using Ginny Thomas's own tweet against her and against Mark Meadows. She said, basically, I'm going to paraphrase, you have to overturn the election's results because there are ballot fraudsters being detained on barges outside of Gitmo right now, awaiting their military tribunals for sedition, Mark. So you need to overturn the election's results. I mean, what kind of craziness is that? But what does Mark Meadows do? He receives that information and says, King of Kings, we're with you. We're going to reinstall Donald Trump. That's a conspiracy to commit offenses against the United States. That's one text message that doesn't even go to him burning government records. It doesn't go. There's so much. And that's why I think Donald Trump has been counseled. You do not talk to Mark Meadows anymore. So I think we're on track. I think we're on track. I mean, I'm going to say this as my as my final note. It seems. And, and let me be cautiously optimistic, ye of little faith that I am. But it seems as if the thread has been pulled and that we're going to see very, I hope, quickly or quicker than we have, things start to fall apart for Donald Trump and all of these people. And I believe that Alex Jones's treasure trove is going to be just that. I think it's going to be eye-opening. I think it's going to be a bag of crazy. It's going to be good. And I hate to, I hate to talk and run, but nope. I got to run. I appreciate you, Glenn. Thank you so I'll, very I'll much. I'll see you next week. All right. Bye. That is it for me today, dear friends, on Woke AF. As always, power to the people and to all the people power. Get woke and stay woke as fuck.
Imagine getting in a hot, stuffy car in the summer. You know how it cools off much faster when you roll down the windows first to get the hot air out? Well, that's exactly how an Easy Breathe basement ventilation system works. Removing all the musty, damp, stagnant air and replacing it with fresher, cleaner, drier air. Take charge of your air with Easy Breathe ventilation and get $250 off today. Ask about DIY kits. Visit TakeChargeOfYourAir.com or call 866-822-7328. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Zero Foxtrot isn't just a brand. It's a way of life. Founded and operated by veterans, Zero Foxtrot's unique apparel and gear echoes the grit of the warrior culture. Zero Foxtrot dedicates itself to producing content, honoring the sacrifices of forgotten heroes of the past, and connecting history to the present. Embark on a journey with Zero Foxtrot today at ZeroFoxtrot.com. It's not merely our products. It's about the ethos that we embody. Rugged, resilient, and timeless.